Just got a word for someone. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's. Amen. If you would like to um, just turn to the book of Ezekiel, it's a few books before the New Testament. And I'm going to read the passage for my husband. And it's Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. And then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it. From Engedi to Eneglem, they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month 
because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Make this word live in Jesus' name. I want us to just focus firstly on uh, verse 6 of that passage where Ezekiel, who is a prophet of God, and prophets hear and they see, God says to him, Son of man, have you seen this? It's really important that God's people are able to not only hear what he's saying, but see what he's doing in our day. And I believe this passage is a passage today. What God wants us to know, and he wants us to understand what his end time church will look like. Because this was a vision given to Ezekiel about the church and its effect on the world in the end times. And the, the picture is of a sanctuary or a temple. Verse 1, there's a temple. And from out of the temple is flowing water. And that water starts off just as a trickle, then becomes ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Then you can't ford it. You can't cross it. The water is... And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit-led church in the end days. And everywhere... These spirit-led people, everywhere this river goes and the river, the water is the Holy Spirit, everywhere it flows, it brings life and it brings healing. Now, I just want to tell you the, 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 the power of giving someone the Holy Spirit and releasing to someone the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in John chapter 4, came upon this woman deliberately. He positioned himself after a long day's walk by the gates of a city, and he sat there, and a woman who was a Samaritan, who was his, they were supposed to hate Jews, but Jesus loved everybody. So he sat there, and he had this encounter with the woman. First of all, he sat there, and he said to her, give me a drink. And she said to, to him, how can you ask me for a drink? You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to talk to each other. There's hatred between the races. But Jesus does none of that. And so he said, if, if you knew who it was that asked, you for a, that, that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then he says, when you receive that living water, whoever drinks this water, he will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will spring up to him to be a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. And of course, if you follow the passage through, that water that he's speaking the, to the woman to, he's saying, you know, if you ask me, I've got water that's not natural water. I've got water, which is the Holy Spirit. When you get it, you receive uh, eternal life. And this woman, first of all, she thinks she's a prophet. Then she gets revelation that he's the Messiah. She gets saved and she's come to the well to meet Jesus because that's what she was doing there. She was there to get water, and she had a water pot. And in the Middle East, the most valuable thing you have is water. Without water, you die. 
But when she received the water that Jesus gave, it says in verse 28, she left her water pot and just ran to people to tell them about what had happened to her. And that's what God wants in these last days. He wants people being filled with the Holy Spirit, so filled with God that they're not going to tell people because of a program or because of a five track, but because the Holy Spirit is bubbling and bursting out of them. That is God's plan for the end days. Now what's, what's more exciting, this, these waters that Jesus gave this woman, it's so important that we understand this because there's so much dead religion in the church today. So many people just think that you've got to know about Bible knowledge or theology and it, the church is so dry in so many places. But Jesus was watching some of that. He was watching Phariseeism and Phariseeism has always been more, more popular. Pharisees has more following than Jesus did. It's throughout all the generations, Phariseeism is more followed than radical Christianity. And Jesus was watching this Phariseeism, and he stood up in John chapter 7, and the last day, Jesus stood up and cried, and he was watching this dead ceremony. And what they were doing, they were reenacting the time where Moses struck the rock in the desert, and, and rivers of like water just flowed out, enough water to fill two... Satisfy two million people. It was, it was a, and they were actually reenacting this ceremony. But they were remembering what God had done in the past, but they had no present day expectation of receiving that water today. And Jesus was watching it and he was angry because he's angry with dead, dry religion. It doesn't help anybody. And he watched it and he said, he stood up in the midst of the festival and he cried out with a loud voice and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Amen. By this he spoke concerning the spirit who those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet giving because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's saying if you're a believer, this river that Ezekiel saw, Jesus said, anyone who believes and comes to me, out of his heart will flow this river of living water, the Holy Spirit. And this is what Ezekiel saw. It's so important to know about the river that is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says there is a river that makes the city of God glad. If their river is flowing in your church, the people aren't sad, the people aren't mad, the people aren't bad, they can only leave glad. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, if he's in your midst, and see, we have to understand, Jesus said this river that Ezekiel saw, and by the way, everywhere this river flowed, you see it in Ezekiel 47, you've got your Bibles open, verse 8, everywhere it flowed, or sorry, verse 9, everything where this river flows, everything, wherever the river goes, verse 9, will live. Wherever these waters go there, they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It also says where, where the river went to the sea, its waters are healed. Wherever the rivers go, people, everything will live. There will be a great multitude. These waters go there for they will be healed. So this is a picture of the Holy Spirit filled church 
filled with the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, you carry life and healing. You carry a life, eternal life to be released to people, life in abundance, and you carry the capacity for people's life to be healed. Whatever is wrong, Jesus wants to heal them. Amen. And the, the river is in you. It's in you. If you're a believer, the river is in you. Do you perceive it? Ezekiel said, do you perceive what you carry? And I want to tell you, the river can be in you like a pond or a river. If you're a believer, you're filled with that water. It's whether it's flowing that's important. Now, this river is in you. It's in me. Jesus says it'll flow from the hearts of those who believe. If you believe it, it'll flow. But I want to just show you something about the Ezekiel's river. Because he saw this river flowing and getting deeper and affecting nations. That's God's end time plan. And this river, when you see it, 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 it has a source. Where's the source? Verse 47, he brought me back to the temple, to the door of the temple. So the river flows from the temple. Okay, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is speaking about the sanctuary, Solomon's temple. That's why it's important you come to church, because when we gather together and we start to praise God, he inhabits the praises of his people. But it's a certain type of church, a certain type of temple where the Holy Spirit will dwell. And there's an end-time church that is going to be so powerful that Christ is raising up. And what it says is that Jesus said he, the condition that the river will flow... He said in John 7, he says, first of all, he said, anyone who thirsts, let him, let him come to me and drink. When you come to the church, you're not coming to meet people. You're not coming for a social occasion. You're not coming to, to the church. You're coming for an encounter with Jesus. You've got to see when you come to church, you're coming to him. And if you don't have an encounter with Jesus, you should leave dissatisfied. Jesus says, you've got to come to me. You've got to desire that encounter, that intimacy, that fellowship, that oneness with him because he is the source of the river. Many streams, but there's only one source to a river. He is the source. And so in this temple, you've got people who want to encounter Jesus. They're hungry for Jesus. But also, there's a place in this temple. It says, in, that, in the temple, the water flows... South of the altar. Now the altar speaks. What does the altar speak about? Always speaks about death and sacrifice. That's what an altar was there. It was a place where animals were offered and, and killed. Because their blood was used for the shedding of, for the covering of sin. Their shedding of blood before Christ. And it was a place of, of death and sacrifice. So the church that Ezekiel saw will have an altar. It's so important to have an altar. There's a, there are churches today that don't have an altar. It's not about sacrifice. It's not about dying to self. It's not about dying to self-centeredness. It's all about entertainment. And you'll find where that is, you need a smoke machine because there's no Holy Spirit. But in this place, he saw an altar, and that's a place where people come 
and they want Christ, but they understand Christ died on that cross for them, and they're willing to die to sin and self and self-centeredness. There's a desire to have self and sin crucified. That's what's in the people, because this is true worship. True worship isn't about how loud you jump. It's about coming to a relationship with the one who gave all for you, died for you, and saying, I'm willing to give all to you. That's why Romans 12 says, offer yourself as a willing sacrifice. This is your act of worship. And there's got to be worship like that in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the house because Ezekiel 47 is preceded by Ezekiel 46, which is all about worship. Because true worship releases the river. But it's got to be that worship that is focused on Jesus, what he did at the cross, and contains the altar. Where people come and say, I know you died for me. I know you paid the price. I couldn't pay it. You love me so much. Now I'm coming to worship you. I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to have my sin and self crucified that I may please you. That's, what, that's the source that makes the river flow. Christ will be the head of the end time church. He's going to come back. You know, a lot of the church these days focus on miracles and healing. It's a false gospel. There is the gospel with signs and, 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 and wonders following, not the gospel of signs and wonders. Some of you have come in from that false gospel where you're focused on miracles and stardust and all the rest of it, but Christ has been replaced at the center. And the cross has taken away the center. But he's bringing his church back to a place where Christ and the cross and sin and self is, is, is offered in love and devotion to him. So that is, this river, it has a source. But also the river has a course. You see, the river, it flows. And, you know, what, what Ezekiel saw... He said, do you perceive I see these people so in love with Jesus? They're in the temple and they're actually on their knees, on their face, offering themselves in sacrifice, saying, I, 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 I'm here and I, I want to die to self. I want my sin to be crucified and I want to be used however you want to use me. They're on the altar, offering themselves to the one who offered themselves for them. And as he saw that worship, that's not worship. That's this kind of worship. As he saw that in the spirit, he started to see the temple fill up with water. And he started to see, because where there is that sort of worship, that's where the Holy Spirit resides. And he started to see the temple get filled with the water, which is the Holy Spirit. And how wonderful that is. But that's not the end of it. We've got to realize that's not the purpose of the water. Because he saw the water start to trickle out from under the temple, which is the church, and it started to trickle outwards. And it started just a little trickle, then it got ankle deep, then it got river knee deep, waist deep, then it was, was you couldn't even swim in it. And so it, it, this, this, this water deepened. And, and it, it went from the source of worship. It went from the temple... But it actually says here, verse 8, this water flows towards the eastern region. It goes down into the valley. Now, where's the valley? 
There's mountains in the kingdom of God and there's valleys. Valleys are not good places. If you're, in a, if you're in a mountaintop, you're jumping and singing and life is good. If you're in a valley, it's a hard place. Valley, valleys are where the poor and needy are. Valleys are where the brokenhearted are. That's why Jesus sat next to that well, because there was a brokenhearted person, and that's where the river flows. That's where the river wants to get to. And the river will deepen in a church that wants to get out and get to the needy. It will not deepen in a church where we see what we do on Sunday as a means to an end. Or an end in itself. What we do here is meant to fill us for out there. Isaiah 41 says this. I love this. It starts by speaking about Australia. This is is my interpretation. The descendants of Abraham, my friend, you, me, who you I've called from the ends of the earth. That's my scripture. Called from its farthest regions because, you know, we are about as far from Israel as you can get. He said to you, you are my servant, my chosen one, not to cast you away. And then it basically goes and tells why we're chosen. In verse 17, this is, I know it's speaking about Christ, but it's also speaking, Isaiah is an end time book. It's speaking about the end times. And it says, verse 7, the poor and needy seek water, for there is none. Broken people are just looking for the Holy Spirit. They may not know it, but what they're looking for is the Holy Spirit. Do you perceive it? Where is the Holy Spirit? It's in you. The tongue fails for thirst. I, the Lord, will heal them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry springs of and the and the dry land springs of water. So that river deepens. It deepens. That's why Jesus says, go into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then all of the world. And as the church sees itself as a mission force. As the church moves in mission, I was so glad we had a team out, I think it was Thursday, down on Woi Woi, and people are handing out tracts and they're preaching to people down there on Woi Woi Station, going into the New Age shops. And, because the more the church goes and seeks to get to broken people, needy people, the more that happens, the, the deeper, the greater the work of the Holy Spirit is in here and in your life. And we've got to understand that the church is given the Holy Spirit for mission. Because the gospel is all about mission. Jesus didn't have to leave heaven, but he left heaven because love compelled him to get to poor and needy people like you and I. And that I've heard it said, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission of God has a church. And so we're, we're, the more we desire to get and encounter needy people, the more you think, oh, God, put me beside that well in Samaria that I can speak to them. I can have a kingdom relationship to people and release to somebody what you've given me. The more you desire that, the more the Holy Spirit will flow in your life. And God wants you not to be content 
with what you've got, the level, the measure you've got. Paul says, I long to come to you in the fullness of the blessing. That means when the Holy Spirit has not only filled you, not only ankle deep, but you're so deep, you're overflowing. There is an overflow in your life. Rivers are flowing from you. That's how God wants you. That's why the Bible tells us here, the river increases. It's meant to increase. The work of the Spirit is meant to increase. So it increases when we desire to get to broken-hearted people. So it has a source. It has a course, but the river also has a force. It gets stronger. The force gets stronger. The power increases. This high, that high, it's getting stronger. The further it goes out, get the, it gets stronger. And you know where God wants to take the Holy Spirit? East. What's east? It says here three times. The river, water flows towards the eastern region. Now, if you're in, if you're in Jerusalem... West is the Mediterranean. East are the nations. That's why Revelation says there is a river and its leaves are for the healing of nations. And that's why God is releasing myself in a ministry to nations. Because if you've got water, sooner or later, that's where you're going to end up. And... The leaves are for the healing of nations because there is an end time move of God where nations, entire nations, Jesus says in Matthew 28, he says, go into all the world and don't, it doesn't, doesn't say make disciples of people in nations, it says make disciples of nations. Nations means people group and there is a move of God coming in the end time church where God is going to release people and he's going to, the gospel is going to be preached and entire People groups are going to realize that Jesus Christ is the one true God. I tell you, Islam is ending. Islam is, 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 is just on its last knees because the nations belong to Jesus Christ. And the only way he gets them is he fills you with the Holy Spirit and he sends somebody for nations. The river is for the healing of nations. That's why the Word of God says in the Psalm 2, ask me for the nations. God doesn't want you to have a small vision. Some people just think, oh, it's all got to be just about church. Some people, it's all got to just be about Australia. Where are the broken? Where are the poor? Where are the needy where the river wants to get to? I'm telling you what, this, uh, there is a need in this nation, but that's not where the poorest and the neediest, the most broken are. They're in Africa, they're in Pakistan, and that's where the river wants to get to. See, all this flowing, all this is happening, all this because of what's happening in the sanctuary. And so it seems so important that the sanctuary here be strong and the sanctuary here be a place where the Holy Spirit's pleased to fill. Like Martin's worship, it was so beautiful. I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. And it's so important we have that. But it's so important also we understand that is not an end in itself. To come to church on Sunday is not the holy experience and the, the, the goal of Christianity. It is for the world. It is to make disciples of nations. That's why we're here.
And God wants to bring that back into the church. Do you perceive it? Ezekiel said. I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Unless you perceive it, you won't walk in it. But here, here it is. As I, uh, my favorite psalm in all the Bible is Psalm 67. It's my psalm because it actually tells the purpose of nations and, uh, and worship and the sanctuary. It says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Isn't it wonderful? We come in here, if you know what it is to have the face of God shine upon you, God smile upon you, the Holy Spirit poured out upon you. But here's a purpose. Next, next verse. That your may, way may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Oh, yeah, we want to praise you here. We want to praise you because the Holy Spirit will be here. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why, why is it so important that we actually understand we come in here to get filled, but the real role is out there. And I want to I wanna meet my Samaritan woman this week by the well who's broken, who's lonely, has five husbands. I want to have that encounter this week. I want to give away what I received on Sunday. Why is that important? I tell you, look, look at this. It shall be, verse 9, everything that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. But verse 11, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They'll be given over to salt. Now, this is interesting. The swamps and marshes are receiving the same water that brings healing and life, yet the swamps and marshes are not healed. Why is that? Because a marsh, the water comes in and nothing goes out. It retains everything it receives. It retains everything it receives and nothing flows. Now, you can be a Christian like that. You can be a Christian. And I tell you, if you're a Christian, all you ever do is go to great conference. All you do is get great teaching. All you ever do is great worship. You can be in that place, but your life lacks contact and mission and, and outreaching and witnessing and witnessing. If your life lacks that, sooner or later... Sooner or later, the work of the Holy Spirit will begin to dry up in your life. It will. It will, because what we receive is meant to be given away. It's the same river, brings healing. You know why? Because the quality of the river and the qualities, the healing qualities in the river is found in its movement, in its flow. If it's stagnant, it loses its qualities. You know a stagnant pool soon becomes putrid. Wasn't putrid when the water went in. This is why we've got to have outreach. This is why we've got to have mission in the church. Ezekiel 43 says this, and this is really the word I have. For today, the, the prophetic message I felt God give me. My wife actually read something. She didn't know I was going here, but. Do not remember the 40, Ezekiel 43, verse 18. 
Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Isaiah, sorry, did I say, what did I say? Okay, whatever. It's Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the, 40, the, the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Isaiah is saying, forget about religion. You know he's going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and release rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me. The jackals of the offerages, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Don't remember the former things. You know, it's so, it's so important that we actually have a desire for that life that the Holy Spirit brings. And we stay thirsty and we stay, we keep our channels pure, that the Holy Spirit can flow through us and use us and move and fill our families with joy because in His presence is fullness of joy. It's so important the river is flowing into our homes. There is a river that makes glad the city of God, but also your home. And you know, it's really important to know the early church, all they had was the Holy Spirit. They had the, they had the Torah. But what we have today is a New Testament. They weren't arguing over doctrines. They turned the world upside down because they had a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible and was speaking to them. And now we want to argue over doctrines or getting this group or getting that group. Or so it's not the same like it used to be. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, Amen. you have a relationship with the one who wrote the Bible. And they turned the world upside down. This is what it says. It says, this is what I believe. This is a prophetic thing that God is doing. God is saying to him, I'm going to release rivers again in the end times. But where he's going to release them into? He's going to release them into a desert, into a wilderness. And some of you, a lot of you, have been through a spiritual wilderness. Maybe you're on fire once and then you lost it. You've been in a wilderness. But I want to tell you, God's been in that. Because there is a purpose in the wilderness. When you're in the wilderness, I've been to the Egyptian wilderness. I've flown over it. It is not like any other thing you've ever seen. It is just stones for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. Thousands probably. And it is dry. It is so dry and it is hot. And when you're in that wilderness, you know, the only thing you think about is water. And the purpose of God leading you into the wilderness is to remove all your appetites for the things of the world, all your appetites for fleshly things, all the appetites you have for your idols, so that all you want is the person of the Holy Spirit. Nothing else matters to you. That's what he's been doing. I believe he's led the entire Western church into a wilderness. All the programs are failing. All the churches, they're emptying. All the doctrines not working. The church, globe, I think it's been a wilderness, the Western church. And until we get back to where we say, no more, just, no, no, I'm not just having a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. 
I need the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled. I need to be anointed. That's all that matters to me is that I receive the river. When you're like that, it's really important because the Holy Spirit is not given to the casual. Holy Spirit is not given to the complacent. Because he is precious. If you only knew he's the most important person on earth and you get the chance to walk with him. He knows about everything that's coming in the future. You don't have to be on the internet doing Google stuff about the coronavirus. Holy Spirit knows it all. But who's he given to? It's not given to you if you've got theories about everything. There's only one person he's given to you. My wife read it. Michelle read it. I'll pour rivers. I'll pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. The qualification in the end times to receive the person, the power of the Holy Spirit is thirst. It's, but it's a type of thirst. It's a thirst that happens in the wilderness, in the desert. It's a thirst that says, unless I get you, I'm going to die. That's the truth. Unless I have you, I'm going to dry up. I need, I need every day, I need anointing. I need fresh presence. I need living water. I need that drink. I'm sick and tired of the other things I feast on or take in. I'm tired of them. You know why you're tired of them? Because they don't satisfy. The woman had five husbands. Her relationships did not satisfy her. But when she received Jesus Christ and she received the Holy Spirit, even the physical water, she left it because finally she was satisfied. Amen. Finally, I got what I'm looking for. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a, there's a, I've, I've been around a while now. I've been in ministry 27 years. And. People say all sorts of things about the Holy Spirit. I've heard it all. And I've just heard so much that actually stops you receiving the Holy Spirit. I've heard a lot of things that actually stops you growing in the Holy Spirit. You know, I've been to conferences where people say, just, I'm carrying it. You just come. No matter what's in your life, just come and receive it. It doesn't happen like that. The anointing you carry costs. Costs me what I carry. Cause sacrifice, cause obedience, cause getting up in the morning at three o'clock for years and years and years. Because I'm hungry and I come to him and I'm thirsty. And then the rivers flow. So you've got to come to him. You've got to come to him. You've got to keep coming to Jesus. Come to him. Come to him. And then out of your rivers will flow rivers of living water. But it's not cheap. It's not easy. It's not gimmicky. But what you've got to know, there is a source. And Ezekiel saw it. There is a source 
that the end time army of God, people of God, are going to know about. They're going to know, not in any doubt, they're going to know what produces, what is the source of the Holy Spirit in my life. And of course, it is Christ. It's what he did for me on the cross, and it's the altar. When sacrifice leaves your life, you start to dry up. When you live in that place of convenience and not sacrifice, you start to dry up. When you're in that place, you say, God, you gave me your son. You gave me everything. You didn't have to. And every time I come into church, I just say, God, I just, I want my self and sin to be crucified. And I want to offer myself to you because I can't give you enough back. That's where, that's the source. And it's a church that has that sort of worship. Being part of a church like that, if a church has got that in it, the Holy Spirit will, I don't care what group or color or denominations, if that's the core of the church, the Spirit of God will move in that place. Doesn't matter if you've got a flag or a tambourine or nothing. But when we get that source, God's intention is for us to be people who are growing. We just get a trickle at the start. We just get filled. We get salvation. But then we get ankle, ankle dip. Then we get knee dip. We start to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then we start to get, and then we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then instead of us following the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has us. We're in the river and we're swimming. We can't, you can't ford it. We're just being directed. The Holy Spirit has our life and he's moving us. And he's moving us. And you know he's moving us because he'll move us into valleys and he'll move us into nations where brokenhearted, poor and needy people need Christ. That's his plan. That's his plan. And that's what we're doing in this church, just by the way. The changes we're making, we're just coming into an apostolic footing. I'm not really a pastor. That's not a secret to a lot of you. I hear. <laughs> I'm an evangelist. An evangelist doesn't belong in the church primarily. He's got to go out. So where we're making a change. Where I'll still be the head of the church, by the way. But I'll go in and out with the living water, and Ross will be the pastor. And you, you know what's going to happen? Because we're going out, the church, you should so believe in taking it out that you should all be fighting to drive me to the airport. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because as the church goes out, as the river goes out east, it deepens. It, it deepens. The further it goes, the more of the river you have. So when I go and preach in Uganda or whatever, when I come back, I come back with more of God. The river deepens. The whole experience of the Holy Spirit in the church deepens because the Holy Spirit loves missions. What's, what's really important to you? If I said to you, what's the most important thing in your life? What's the most important person in your life? I, I'm not being critical, but I don't think many people would say it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has to be most important person in your life. That's what real thirst is. It's great to have a husband. It's great to have a wife. Great to have kids. They're good. Love them all, but not like the Holy Spirit. And what's important, we're like that because God is in heaven. His son is at his right-hand side. The only one that's left on earth 
of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. Are you thirsty? Do, or do you perceive what God's going to do in these last days? Do you perceive the greatest harvest? We're on the cusp of the greatest harvest. There is great harvest. We're on the cusp of seeing nations, people groups, their eyes opened to say, Jesus Christ is the only one true God. People abandoning all the false stuff, putting down their idols, putting down their Hindus, putting down their Muslims. Jesus Christ is the only one who is alive. I once went to a, 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 I'm digressing here, but I once went to a conference where it's a supernatural thing. I was invited by imams while I was in Pakistan to preach to imams. It's just supernatural because strange things happen when we obey God. And when I was over there, the head imam, Michael was with me. He stood up at the end. It's just, just the most amazing thing. He, this man had taught the, the, the Quran in 104 countries, 106, 106 nations. He was like the John Stott of his day. He was a huge kind of scholar in the, in the Quran. And there we were, and he said to me, preach whatever you like. I said, hey, really? Preach whatever you like. So we started to preach. And in the end, he stood up before all these other imams. And he said, see this man? He's actually filled with the Spirit of God. And I'm not. And the only way you can get the Spirit of God in you is through Jesus. That's what he said. That's what he said. It was so strange that years later, reflecting on it, I believe that man was a secret believer. And I believe he couldn't convert because his whole family would be wiped out. But it was, it was so profound. Uh, Jenny Chig was with me. There's a few other people with me. But they were there. They heard it. We were just like, it took us a day to digest what he said. Said other things too that I've forgotten, but they were just extraordinary things about Christ. I'm thinking that, that you know, some things they're, a, uh, they're like a forerunner. And when I heard that, I thought... This is like a harbinger of what's going to happen in the end days. All of Islam is going to see that. That Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever, they're all just the same dog with different fleas, but with, <laughs> not being offensive, but what I'm saying is none of them can give you access to the river. None of us can cleanse your temple that the river, the Spirit of God, will come and dwell in. Now, some of you here, maybe you haven't become Christians. The woman at the well who got the water, the Holy Spirit in her, first of all, Jesus said to her, he said to her, I see you have had five husbands and you're living with a man. What he did, he actually, before he filled her, he pointed to her sin. And then when she confessed her sin, he then filled her with the living water. Because the Holy Spirit won't come and live in a dirty temple. So if you want this, if you want this river, if you want the Spirit of God to live in you, you have to come to the cross, admit you're a sinner. Christ died for you. He wants to wash you clean. But you have to do that. There is no other way. And that's why no other religion can receive the Holy Spirit. Because no other religion deals with the problem of the dirtiness on the inside, our sin. No one else has a solution. Only Christ and his cross. 
So God is doing, he is doing a new thing. And, uh, you know, I, I even think the whole coronavirus thing, <laughs> nothing just happens. Man didn't cause it. Man, God allowed it. And one of the things I think he was doing was bringing his church into a big desert. Make you so thirsty for the Holy Spirit again. Make you so thirsty. And then he says, I'm going to release rivers in the desert. In the desert. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how many problems you have. And we all have problems. But if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's filling you and moving on you every day. Everything's good. Everything is good. It's, I don't even know how everything is good, but it's supernatural. There is a peace. There is a joy. Because the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is permanent. <clears throat> you know, just to finish, Moses had this experience. You see it in chapter th Exodus 33, where he, he, Moses would go into the tent. And the tent was the temple, it's a tabernacle. And he'd have these extraordinary times with God, extraordinary times of worship. And the people would all stand at their tents, not the tent, this is the tent of meeting. They'd stand at their tents and they'd watch him go in because they were in their own way participating too. They weren't sitting at home watching it all on YouTube. But they'd watch him, they'd get up. They'd make, that was their sacrifice. So there was sacrifice by all the people as he went into the tent. But Moses had this question. He said, he said, I've got to go into the promised land. I've got a job to do. I've got to go and, I've got to, I've got to go and do this. And, and I, I need to know how what's happening in here, in the tent, can happen out there. What's happening on Sunday can happen on Monday. And God said to him, my presence will go with you. Holy Spirit will go with you. He'll go with you. And the thing is, as he goes with you and you go with him, you go into the valleys and you go into the nations, not only will he be with you, his presence will increase over our life. The anointing, the power, the fruit will go from ankle to knee to waist deep. So here we are. Who was, there Sunday, who was here Friday night? Was that a good meeting? Or, it, was just like, that was, it was just me. It was just the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit. I didn't even have a message. It was the Holy Spirit. Bang. Just the word. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit's here. So I, I want us to know. Um, I started off by reading this passage. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen what the end time church is meant to be. End time church is a group of people that when they move out, they bring life and healing everywhere they go. Everywhere the river flows, there is life and healing. That's what the passage says. Everywhere Jesus went, there was life, abundant life and healing. Everyone got healed who came to him. Their life got healed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, it was the river. 
He gave the water to the river, to the, to the river to the lady. She ran and did mission. It's the first thing she did. He went and told her people. That's God's plan. For you and I to be carriers of the Spirit of God. More and more and more and more of the Spirit of God. A closer and closer relationship. Continue to increase, continue to growing in the Spirit of God. That we bring life and healing to other people. And I want to pray for people today. I want to pray for people today that are in a wilderness. You're not there by accident. God's got God... God led Israel into the wilderness, and he's always with you, even though I don't feel him in the wilderness, but he's led you in there for a purpose, to make you thirst. Make you thirst for the living water, and know that man does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. That's why he leads you in there, to teach you that, change you. So I want to pray for people who are in a wilderness. I also want to pray for people who are... You're not in flow. You, you haven't realized that Christianity is missional. You know, the, the Western church has turned Christianity into such an entertainment thing that we think the purpose is to come in here and have a good time on a Sunday yeah, and get filled up but, and, and have an encounter with God. Yes, but that's not the, 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 the end in itself. It's a means. You get filled to take it out. So I want to pray for people who are, it's all in flow but there's no outflow. I want to pray like Jesus had that divine encounter with the woman at Scenario, that God is going to put people in front of you, people in the valley, people who are poor, needy, and broken, and you're going to recognize it. You're going to see God put me here, and as soon as you open your mouth, you don't need to know even what you say, but the river's going to flow, and you are going to bring life and healing to many. So I want to pray for those type of people, and if you are simply dry, and you just need Holy Spirit to fill you again because sometimes we leak. I'm not going to lay hands on them, but you just come and just kneel at the altar here today because the power of God is here. The anointing is in this church. Just say, come, I need my, I need my, you don't need to just need to be, your cup need to be filled. You need to be filled for overflowing so you've got something for somebody. God wants to so fill you with himself. He wants to so fill you with the fruit peace and the joy. It's all in the Spirit. And if you want a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you want, He's a person, you say, I want to know you more. You come and do business with God because He will honor that, he will honor that prayer. The Holy Spirit is the most important person in the world and God is going he's, he's to have a people in the end who so love Him, so know Him, are so led by Him, so filled by Him that nations actually come to Christ Father God I thank you you have a great plan but we need to see it we need to perceive the end time plan that started at Pentecost still going today it is all about the Holy Spirit it's all about you Holy Spirit and Lord we ask today that, Father God, if there's anyone here that's not received you, that they will come to the cross of Christ, they will have their temple cleansed by his blood, and they will receive you today. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that your intention 
is for this place to be so in love with Jesus that we offer ourselves in return. And Father, as we do that, Father God, the river will flow in this house. The water will fill this house every Sunday. And I declare a season of increase over this house, Lord, that the, the, the tide, I hear you saying, is going to increase in this season. That, Father God, we'll be so filled when we come in here every Sunday. But, Father God, we want to, we want to be in the flow. We want to be people who do not go stagnant. And so, Father God, we're asking that you will arrange divine encounters with broken people in these years. Father God, that you your people will, will have the same satisfaction that Jesus had when he said, I've got food you don't know of. I just gave someone a drink. Father God, we ask for, the, for that river of living water would be flowing from my life. It would be flowing from my life to other people. And Father God, I pray for those that are in the desert. I ask that you encourage them that they will know that you have led them there for a purpose. But you've led them there to deal with all the other things, the idols and the competing forces, all the hobbies, hobbies that actually the devil lies about and says they're okay. But God says, I want you to strip, I want to take them away. And I want you to thirst, thirst, thirst for one thing, one thing alone, that is the living water of God. Father God, I'm asking for those people this morning that you will fill them. You will fill their vessels. You will fill their jars this morning. Fill them and anoint them and bless them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. If you need a fresh filling and you want to do, you just want the Holy Spirit to be close to you. You want a closer walk with him. You come. Just come here. Martin's going to pray. I don't know what's going to happen, but God is going to have his way. This is a really, really important time. We perceive what God wants to do. All throughout my history